back everybody it's time once again for another episode of our community podcast brought to you by the orange county hispanic chamber of commerce and orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio let's bring in the guy who's connected to the whole community here john gutierrez hey hey welcome everybody again to our community podcast show powered by the orange county hispanic chamber of commerce i'm your host senior vice president john gutierrez thank you all for tuning in again we're excited to have another special guest with us denise gutierrez who is the president and ceo of the california council on economic education also known as CCEE, right, Denise? Yes. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Um, as we go, oh, we just want to make sure we fix the mic there. Is she good, Paul? Let's so we, have... we don't want to lose any of this here, so we got to. <laughs> I'm here. There you go. Right. There you go. Real quick, we just want to thank our Hispanic Heritage Month podcast sponsors, uh, which are being brought to you today by our friends at Farmers and Merchants Bank. It's 116 years, zero names have ever been changed. The only merger we've had was combining one century with another, here today, here tomorrow. Think safe, think Farmers and Merchant Bank. Again, think FNM Bank. Thank you, Farmers Merchant Bank, for sponsoring our Hispanic Heritage Month podcast show. We really appreciate it. Denise, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I know you had quite the drive. I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> it's okay. We cover all of California, so I, I travel quite a bit. Do you really? Yes. So yes. A lot of driving or flying or just a uh, bit more of local. A lot of Southern California oh, okay. uh, locations, but um, the work that we do reaches all the way to from Humboldt County all the way to Imperial County. Humboldt County. You know, I went to Chico <laughs> State up in Northern California to, yeah. to for college, and it's just beautiful up there, in Northern California. Yeah. I love Northern California because I love golfing up there too. Do you really? <laughs> Yes. What's a good golf area you like to go to or been to? Pebble Beach, of course, but I haven't played there, but I've played at, at Poppy Hills uh, a number of times. Have you been to Pebble Beach? I've been there. Okay. But I haven't played. Okay. But I, I've, you know. But and, just and, being and, there is a big thing. It's I mean, huge. Right? Yeah. I just came back from Spain. We went there for the Solheim Cup to cheer on our women's uh, U.S. team. So it's something I very much enjoy doing. Um, nice. it, it, it helps me disconnect from from the work that I do, which can be sometimes stressful. Uh, but rewarding and um, so but yeah I love golf <laughs> and we're gonna get into all that stressful yet rewarding work you do um, we're gonna get into what is uh, the California Council on Economic Education I think that's that's important we'll get into that we'll talk about some some cool stuff you got going on with the organization some great programs we'll go into of course um, other components in the organization but before we do that we always like to get to know our guest here, and uh, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about you and and how you got to this point in your in your career and your journey, we'd love to you know share that with our listeners if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. It's been a journey. <laughs> I um, was born at White Memorial Hospital in East LA, of course, in Boyle Heights. Um, my parents, my mom grew up in Boyle Heights. She's a she went to Roosevelt High School. Um, my dad is from Lincoln Heights. He went to Lincoln High School. Very involved in the community. So uh, LA roots. LA roots. East LA roots for East sure. L my wife was born in East LA, so yes. Yeah, yeah. El Sereno. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then later we moved to the San Gabriel Valley, so I ended up at Rosemead High School. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest of five, um, and and so raised by amazing parents. We have a lot in common. I'm the youngest of five. 
Yeah. And then I also, you know, last names Gutierrez, non-related. <laughs> we at least we don't know yet, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> so Rosemead, hi, huh? Yeah, we ended up at Rosemead. Okay. Um, but you know, my I'm the youngest of five, so having siblings growing up in the East LA area um, heavily influenced my life. Um, I, I wouldn't say don't want to put them down, but not necessarily in the positive aspect. Yeah. Um, it was Were they a, tough on you? The neighborhood was tough on everybody, really? right? Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So, yeah, I had two older brothers who I competed with all the time. So, um, but yeah, I just East LA is has a close um, place in my heart, and um, serving the community is really, um, really important to me. Um, and a lot of that stems from my dad being involved with the Chicano movement um, back really? in East LA. Yeah, oh, wow. he was um, very proud that my dad was chairman of the board back in in the early 70s for said Jobs for Progress. Mm-hmm. And it was an organization trying to uplift our communities economically, um, provide the resources um, that our community needed to have economic security. So growing up as a young girl, that mm-hmm. was a great uh, role model, mentor you had, yeah. seeing what your father was doing. Yeah, absolutely. He inspired who I am today and in so many ways. I didn't, growing up, you know, you don't necessarily appreciate what your parents are doing at the time was until later in life how much I appreciated everything my dad did. He was involved with the, uh, he was a veteran, so he was a, the GI, uh, American GI Forum member. Um, but a lot of the work that he did was through said Jobs for Progress. It was getting a lot of state funding. Um, it doesn't really exist anymore in East LA, but it, it does exist heavily in, in Texas where it was really originally founded. Um, but for me, you know, kind of bleeds into the work I'm doing now. It's like he was trying to do this for our community. And now I'm just trying to uplift, um, up economically uplift our, our youth today in California. So in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm carrying on his legacy. That is great. So you went from Rosemead high and then what to where? (laughs) Well, this is the part of the embarrassing part of my story is that I, I was a high school dropout. I didn't necessarily take the path. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of <laughs> successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. I mean, let's. I mean, oh, trust me, I had that entrepreneur spirit growing up. <laughs> right. Right. There's a lot of those. When right? I was selling books at eight years old, just to make some money to go down the street hey. to, you know, to pick up a, to buy hamburger and fries. You and how to hustle at a yeah. young age. Yeah, right? I definitely learned how to hustle. So the hustle's real, and um, I take a lot of those learning experiences that I had, um, even with making poor decisions at that time. Um, helping me get where I am today. So it, it happens. It happens to yeah. everybody. Everybody's yeah. got that story, right? Yeah. What What do you feel made the difference there in those years that kind of leaped you to the next level to say, "Hey, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my stuff together yeah. and focus on these areas." My kids. Okay. So um, I was raising my two stepsons, um, and I had my daughter, um, and I had started like trade school and, and knew that I needed to do something to help, you know, provide for my kids, but. It was uh, actually in 92, my youngest daughter was born severely disabled. They told me she would live six months to a year and um, she absolutely changed my life. Um, she was born at White Memorial where I was born and actually my mom was born there too. So the nurses, the, the, um, the social workers, the, the, the doctors were amazing. Um, even though I thought she was gonna be with us for a very short time, she inspired me to think about going to college and one day my goal was to become a nurse or social worker because I really wanted to come back and help families with children with disabilities because there was all these resources and um, I was just somebody who wasn't afraid to ask but I saw a lot of uh, folks from the Latino community that didn't necessarily know about all these resources um, that they had access to and and so that's really what inspired me to go to college 
So I ended up at Chafee Community College, um, not until like 10 years later. So I started my, my educational journey in, in 2003 at a community college. Didn't know, you know, scared out of my mind, you know, because here I was this high school dropout. Didn't think I was quite qualified enough or even smart enough to, to, to go to college. And um, so. But you probably <laughs> felt that. I got to do better that drive, right? Yeah. I wanted to inspire my kids to go to college. Exactly. I knew my goal was to make sure my kids graduated from college. So I knew I needed to figure this out, this journey on my own and, and then ha- pave that way for them. Right. So I started at commun- at uh, Chafee. I got in the Puente program, which was just really a program helping students transfer from two year to four year. I knew I wanted to do that through, you know, becoming a nurse potentially in that journey. I fell in love with higher education. I had, two kids in high school, one in middle school, and my disabled daughter at home. And next thing I knew, I was going to school full-time and, and working a couple part-time jobs to financially get us through my time trying to get my education. Um, that was a tough time to be dealing with your daughter and at mm-hmm. the same time going to college, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a really difficult time. But thankfully, you know, I had the nurses supporting me. Um, yeah. And again, you know, not knowing if she was going to be with us week to week. A lot of times it was week to week, sometimes month to month. Um, but she was with us for 13 years. Um, and when she passed, I think a lot of what got me through that, and I know what a lot of it got me through that was obviously my kids, making sure that I was going to fulfill my, my goal and, and in honor of my kids and, and obviously my daughter who passed away, Erica Marie. Um, and I, I love fell you, in love with I love with that you shared with us her name. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because yeah. I think that's... That's beautiful that we honor her name. Like you yeah. said earlier, even before the show, you mentioned that that she changed your life, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and today you are who you are, you said to us earlier, mm-hmm. because of her. So I think it's it's great that we say her name, you know, mm-hmm. that people know who she is, yeah. you know, because yeah. she lives in you, right? Yeah. yeah, we honor her all the time. My exactly. daughter honors her through her own business, too. So unfortunately, she passed away in 2006. And um, the love and support that I received from Chafee Community College um, actually helped me land a position at the University of Auvergne, which I transferred to. And eventually both of my kids went there and uh, my daughter, Christine, and my son, Stephen. So at one point we were all at the University of Auvergne together, which was really fun and exciting. <laughs> that <is> so cool. <laughs> right? But my goal was to finish before them, right? So yes. I graduated in 2010. My daughter, Christine graduated in 2011, and my son graduated in 2012, and then I got my master's in 2013. Congratulations. <laughs> I think that has got to be one of the coolest things in your home, right, in the Gutierrez residence that mm-hmm. you have there. Like all the Laverne, you know, uh, certificates, yeah. right? Isn't yeah. that cool? Yeah. My mom has that whole photo wall of all of us with our degrees. <laughs> I think that's great. What a great story. Yeah. And shout out to your kids for, you know, it takes a lot also for your kids to say, we're okay with this, that mom's at the same school we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're in this journey together. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, not all kids are cool with that, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. I went through the emptiness syndrome twice because first uh-huh. my daughter went off to school first and she left the house. And then later when my kids graduated, I was actually working at the University of Auvergne. Okay. I was there for almost 10 years. Um, so I spent a lot of my career in higher education, right? And I was really sad. I was like, my kids aren't here anymore. Like, they're starting their lives. They're really starting their lives now, you know, so. Well, I think that's the amazing part so far of this whole thing and their story is how earlier you said, well, I dropped out of high school. Mm -hmm. But then later, I mean, you've worked so hard Mm -hmm. to get to the higher education level. Yeah. It really shows your drive, right? And Mm -hmm. that whole journey. Yeah. So it says a lot about, hey, maybe you went through some tough times early in high school because of 
you know, whatever it may be, the environment or, you know, originally from, you know, what is it? Uh, the L.A. tough area. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But you overcame that. Yeah. And yeah. then, hey, I, I took it to another level in education, yeah. being in the higher education. So you're at Laverne working now is it 10 years right yeah i was there for 10 years and, and then i ended up at cal state la uh, with the college of business and economics nice which was like going back home because i literally grew up down the street you know from cal state la so like you're I, in your backyard yeah it was my backyard and and obviously i love it higher education you know changed my life what is it that you love about it what would you say is the most important component what i know you've said that a couple of times you love higher education for me it was the experience of having unexpectedly having the support from the education system that I didn't necessarily feel like what I had when I was in K through 12. Mm. It was just a different, and you know, even though there's amazing teachers out there, I meet them every day. Um, unfortunately through my journey, I didn't necessarily have that one teacher mm -hmm. that inspired me, but I have had multiple faculty and, and staff mm -hmm. through this journey who have inspired me. I mean, I tell the two women, who led the the Puente program at Chafee Community College. Like every time I graduated, I invited them to my graduation saying, I wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't have been here without your mentorship, um, without your support, um, without your guidance. Um, and, and sometimes with that, um, a, a little bit of parenting, <laughs> even though we were close to the same age, sometimes I just needed to be reminded, like you just gotta keep showing up. Yes. You know, just don't give up and, and keep showing up. And I've already been through hard things. You know, I had already been through going through with what I've gone through with my daughter. And, and sometimes you just need to be reminded of that. Well, you, it's interesting because you mentioned that you had thought about in your career at one point of being a nurse. Mm -hmm. And of course, as you know, and many people of our listeners know, we own a hospice company and we're in healthcare. And I've worked with nurses my whole life. And I can tell you, you have a very nurse personality. You know, nurses have to be very strong. You mm -hmm. have to be strong for the families, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're educators, right? Mm -hmm. You have to constantly be educating families mm -hmm. what the doctors are saying, right? Mm -hmm. And and but at the end of the day, the nurses are the ones that are at the, you know, the trenches. Mm -hmm. They're the ones at the bedside. They're yeah. the ones doing all the work, even though the yeah. doctors are like, we need to do X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. And so you have to be that that strong bridge between the the patient. Uh, you know, the family mm -hmm. and the doctors yeah. as a nurse, right? Yeah. And yeah. so that's why, obviously, pandemic heroes were all of our hardworking nurses. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was amazing. So And an advocate. I yes, yeah. an advocate. I mean, mm -hmm. my, my nurses were definitely advocates for me. I was obviously a big advocate for my daughter. I made sure she always had what she needed. Um, a lot of times when she was in the hospital, I'd, I would tell doctors what, what I needed them to do for her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you became because a nurse regardless because yeah, you yeah. were so much with your yeah. daughter day and night. Yeah, yeah. You were You're a there. nurse. Even though you didn't have that nurse certificate, you were a nurse 24-7 yeah. pretty yeah. much. You know, yeah. I've had family members say to me after the fact, they'll say years later, you know what? I went back and became a nurse mm -hmm. because I had so much experience already taking care of my mom or my dad or whoever it was, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in this case, you probably have as much experience as any nurse out there. <laughs> You know what you really yeah, think about yeah, it, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm really happy that my son married a nurse. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she's a nurse at Loma Linda. So, oh, great um, hospital. I love it. Yeah. Great, great hospital. Yeah, so, great hospital. Yes. So share with us a little bit about how you ended up, of course, where you're at now. So um, as you know, I started my career in higher education. And um, when I was at Cal State LA, um, there with the College of Business, we got introduced to the California Council on Economic Education. And um, their focus is K through 12. So we promote financial literacy and economic education for K through 12. 
we do this through multiple channels, which I'll get into, but I met them when I was at Cal State LA and I saw the curriculum, I saw the, the opportunities to help really actually help um, support economic opportunities for K through 12. You know, in higher education, I always felt like I was raising, because my background is, is fundraising and development, always raising money to sort of fill this gap between high school and college. We have a ton of kids who don't necessarily go to college and they learn other trades and they take different paths, which is great. You know, it's whatever economic journey you want to take that ultimately helps you mm -hmm. um, achieve whatever financial goals you have. It doesn't always have to be higher education. So um, that's what I fell in love with. I fell in love with the idea of like helping these kids before they graduate from high school. Because at the end of the day, um, what I've learned through this journey, especially these last few years, and what I was able to do was invest in my own human capital. And so for me, higher education was investing in myself. Mm -hmm. Whatever you know, tools I've I've learned, I've taken along the way, but I've I've invested in myself. We really want to inspire kids to invest in their own human capital um, as well. And so seeing the curriculum and seeing this to help really economics is the science of making better decisions. And we really want kids to make better decisions, you know, and decisions, um, unlike I did, <laughs> like I said earlier. Um, but, you know, everybody, everybody has their own journey. Um, so that's that's how I was interested in, in You must position. have made some pretty good decisions because look where you're at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it weren't yeah. that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I've been here now for five years. Um, and um, so there's 32 councils throughout the United States. And 32, wow. Yeah, yeah. The... the uh, Main office is in New York, um, and like I mentioned, there's 32 councils. Of course, I'm running the one for California, um, which we have a huge state, and everyone agrees. Anyone I talk to, yeah, we should absolutely teach personal finance to students. Yes, um, helping students navigate our economy is so important. You know, they need to have this access before they graduate, and I couldn't agree with them more. You know, it's, you know, being financially secure, being a Latina who now owns her own home, who has financial security, a lot more financial freedom than I ever did when I was married. Hence, that's why I'm no longer married. But <laughs> we won't go into that. <laughs> no, let's not go there. But yeah, I just I I want to see our kids reach Even their. Even Paul made a jiggle. <laughs> he giggled over there. He's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that's really what it's all about. That's and we an, start. That's in the after show. That's in the that's in the extended version here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's that's part of the struggle and the and you know the the triumph triumph right mm -hmm. of like I was able to get through these tough times and now I carry the load myself. Right? There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure your kids appreciate all your hard work and what you've done for them. Um, I mean, I would say you've done well. I mean, look at them. They all graduated from college. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. My daughter's a business owner. Amazing Latina. What does she have as a business, if you don't mind me asking? She um, she is the founder of Girl Collective, which is a, a, a social enterprise that actually I'm wearing her jewelry. Um, that does, She's a Latina brand that uh, promotes, uh, obviously, economic opportunities for Latinas because they do a lot of collaboration. So. You can find her on Instagram at Girl Collective. It's Girl nice. Collective without the I. Um, she's done more than I ever done. She's global, and I'm I'm just local. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing like selling products nowadays, right? Like, yeah, her brand media. is just like I said. Her brand is global. I'm so proud of her. And my son, amazing. He's a state detective, and and I'm a I'm a grandma now for. 
How many? And so four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. Four grandkids. So, yeah. How old are they? They're all spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, one going on three, um, and then we have uh, a one and a half year old, my granddaughter Poppy Marie. Okay. And then um, my grandson Easton. Andrew, my after my son, and then um, the youngest is Trinity. So they're all small. Yeah, they're all babies. So oh wow, it's so, a lot of fun. So the family gatherings, a lot of babies in the house. And yeah, everything. I love it. It's <laughs> part of my vision board. They don't know it, but it was part of my vision board. <laughs> For some <laughs> two reason, two boys and two girls. <laughs> really? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about. I know you have some big events coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Now the first one is the financial advisors contest it's a competition right yes november 16th can you share with the audience what that is what it's about yeah yeah so the financial advisors is a contest we host every year we work closely with the federal reserve bank students are are made up of teams they're given about two weeks to prepare their presentation so um they're uh, basically act as financial planners and um they're mentored by professional financial planners and then they come to the Federal Reserve for the for the competition itself. They actually could win cash prizes. So um, this year we have about 20 teams signed up. Wow. Um, so we do multiple programs. So one of the main things is we always say the magic happens when we train the teacher or provide professional development for teachers for K through 12. We host family financial literacy events. So we, we're getting ready actually to host one with Assemblymember Philip Chen here um, in the Orange County area. Um, we were just named Nonprofit of the Year by his office back in June. Yeah, yeah, so we were super excited about that, but we're expecting about 150 um, students uh, for that one. They're gonna, this month is also Economics Education Month, so we're celebrating that. So we're gonna be having these, the family financial literacy events. We have student contests, like I mentioned, in in the fall we have the financial advisors contest. We host the, um, in the fall, in the spring, we host the National Economics Challenge Contest, and we also host the National Personal Finance Challenge Contest. And uh, we have the stock market game, so it's great because it starts as early as fourth grade all the way to, to high school. Paul had a question, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, He's... we have a lot going on. There are a lot of financial planners and stuff on this business channel, as you can imagine. Yeah. I'm curious, tell us one story, one kid who participated, <laughs> a, a, yeah. an improbable kid, a kid you would have never thought would do this, and what impact did it have? Yeah, we had this young woman um, who started participating in our student contest when she was a freshman. And her teacher specifically told us he could not, you know, imagine her competing in the finals, right? So California won the National Personal Finance Challenge Contest um, back in June. They went on and competed in Ohio against 32 other states. Oh, wow. California placed number one, so we're very proud. But this young woman competed year after year, and she, when she started, she couldn't even talk publicly or, you know, present, let alone in front of a room full of people. And here she is four years later competing at the national level. It's amazing. Live on YouTube um, and in front of, you know, a few hundred people in the room that day. And she knocked it out of the park. And and so those are the moments that are just like mind boggling. I mean, we even have after school program. Another great story is we had um, we partner with L.A.'s Best. We've partnered with the Boys and Girls Club. But specifically, this young woman or this young girl was having problems in school. And this Never Too Young program is for third through fifth grade. And it teaches entrepreneurship, personal finance and economics, which I know, obviously, the chambers is big on entrepreneurship. Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. So these we have a kids... lot of entrepreneurs for sure that are <laughs> business owners. Yes. Yeah. So these kids basically create their own businesses and they have market day. So that's awesome. Uh, market day is the kids coming together and they're selling their products. They have their business 
That's name great. and their business license and they learn all these finance the financial terms that will obviously follow them for the rest of their lives but this young girl her mom came to the school and she says what's this never too young program like how's i haven't heard from the teacher like i'm not having problems with her in school she's excited to come to come to school and they said oh she's really like thriving in this never too young program she's learning what entrepreneurship is and more importantly she's learning about human capital how human capital is about investing in yourself Exactly. Yeah. So that is great, <laughs> Paul. Did you have something else? You've talked before about your own upbringing, John, and that you went to the Boys and Girls Club. I think. Yes, actually, I was at the Boys and Girls Club yesterday. A new one they launched in Santa Ana, and it's going to be their upward bound kind of. Um, their small offices they're going to mm-hmm. be opening to help mentor um, like high school kids. So they're they're trying to set these up closer to like a high school, right. not far from like, like that one's right next to Round Table Pizza, Taco Bell, because you know, that's where kids go eat. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a small club kind of office mm-hmm. and they're going to have like advisors in there, young advisors from college or whatever yeah. to motivate them to, hey, come to this college or come to that college and mm-hmm. here's some financial, you know, support ideas or things like that. Mm-hmm. And so we were there yesterday. We're actually having a big mixture this Thursday at the Irvine Boys and Girls Club. So I know, I'm going to be there. Okay, great. <laughs> Great, thank yeah, you. Yeah, because yes. we're, we're doing really well with the uh, Boys yes. and Girls Club in L.A., and yes. I, I'd love to expand what we're doing yeah. in L.A. to Orange County. So and, imagine and this after-school program for kids, uh, you know, keep yeah. them off the streets, keep them out of trouble, uh, have some place to go and hang out and get positive peer pressure. I thought it's all just playing basketball and, and, and maybe doing your homework or something. Well, I, I didn't know it was learning entrepreneurship or financial literacy well don't get me wrong i think when i was a kid growing up uh-huh. I, I remember telling the story at the santa boys club when i went and presented uh-huh. recently for an event they had there when i was at seven years old yeah a lot of us would just go to play basketball right play pool table uh-huh. and that's good enough but itself, it's yeah. but it's evolved so much when yeah you look at yeah. the boys and girls it's keeping club, us off the streets but now yes. it's evolved into like you know helping us so get to that next more, level yeah. i was shocked all right. the programs me and, too. and it's uh-huh. great to see you know organizations supporting it uh-huh financially or with resources or donating Mm -hmm. so that's the beauty of it is i think more people maybe the result of all of those like us that were there as kids yeah are now coming back and saying hey i want to help out right because it really made a difference in my life i've always told people the boys and girls club saved my life from being in the streets where i was growing up in santa ana Mm -hmm. um, back in the 80s and 90s so so no it's definitely dear to my heart not only saving your life but launching your life Yes, definitely launching my life. <laughs> but today's not about me, Paul. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on because I know we only have a few minutes left. Yes. And I want to make sure we talk about your 65th year anniversary that's coming up also in April. April, yeah. Can you share with yeah. us, because I know we only have a few minutes, about that whole, I mean, congratulations yeah. first and foremost that yeah. foremost that this organization is, I mean, 65 years old. That's great. Yeah, we were originally founded in Northern California through the uh, Cal State system. And um, obviously now we, we've we blossomed into all of California. And April was Financial Literacy Month. Like I said, October, we're celebrating Economics Education Month, hence the big event that's happening next week. But our gala will take place at the Skirball, happening on April 18th, our, one of our biggest fundraisers. Um, nice. I've, I've definitely changed it up. I, we do get a lot of compliments on our event because it's very much like a social mixer. Nice. And um, we keep the program short. So everybody, you know, all of us business people prefer networking and, and socializing. So we've set it up as such. Um, but really, 
every dollar goes back into the K through 12 classrooms. May it be through providing money for our student contests, which this is really what we're going to focus on this year. We're trying to get increase the number of Title I schools, low to moderate income community schools participating in our student contests because they learn such valuable life lessons through that that experience. And obviously through teacher uh, tr- uh, professional development, our after school program, the Never Too Young program, or our family financial literacy events, which, you know, we want families to talk, have these conversations at the, at the dinner table as well. And we never want any of our programs just to be a one off. We want this to be something that inspires to want to learn more. Share with our audience before we go here, where can they find you all? Where can they connect with you all? And what are some of the things you guys are looking for from the community? Yeah, absolutely. So you can visit us on our website at ccee.org. If you go to our team link, you could find me there. You could definitely email me if you have any questions. We are always looking for volunteers to help us uh, mentor students, participate in our family financial literacy events. You know, we, we heavily rely on our volunteers to help us with the family financial literacy events or the student contest. And yeah, and then of course, you know, we are nonprofits, so we're always looking for folks to to invest in 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 whatever community you're from. You know, we can definitely laser focus funding to um, the community that you prefer um, because we have our footprint throughout all of California. I mentioned Humboldt to Imperial County, but we do have centers. So we actually have a center at Cal State Fullerton, which helps us both with providing the events that we host um, to professional development for teachers. Um, and, and to and actually the Cal State Fullerton, she does a lot of research on why economics education is so important and personal finance. But we have a center down at San Diego, Cuenca Community College. We've worked with Cal State LA, USC, um, and Cal State San Bernardino. For all of those listening, please, please support, donate, provide any resources. You know, one of the things that's beautiful about our show is providing a platform where we can share information about organizations like yourself. Well, first of all, leaders like yourself and organizations that you're a part of, right? First and foremost, thank you for everything you're doing. Um, Not only are you, I would say, a nurse already (laughs) and also a community leader and everything you're doing in the community because at the end of the day, the the more we empower uh, our future leaders, the better, right? Just building a better society in the community. Again, Denise Gutierrez, President and CEO of the California Council on Economic Education, also known as CCEE. Thank you so much for being with us here today. And before I go, I just have to make sure I plug in. Again, today's Hispanic Heritage Month podcast has been brought to you by our friends at Farmers and Merchants uh, Bank. So thank you again for that, uh, Farmers Merchant Bank, for always supporting us and our Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Denise, anytime you wish to come back to our show, we'd love to help have you. I know it goes by really fast, Yeah. Uh, but thank you for everything you're doing. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. Take it away, Paul. Well, there you have it. One more reason to tune in each and every time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Brought to you by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center. 